Andrew Lee, good morning. Morning, Marcus. Look, I'm just gauging some of uh, some of the response this morning, both online, on air, uh, to messages to, to my program, but I'm looking elsewhere as well. And I, I think Scott Morrison's going to find himself in trouble over this um, because even in, you know, on the Herald uh, sites, the Telegraph and others, the telly is quite telling, if I can say, yeah, the News Corp uh, rag, because even online, people are having a crack at Scott Morrison as well. Well, there's a fundamental principle of separation of powers, which says that uh, parliamentarians shouldn't be involved in what the uh, police and what the judiciary do. Uh, so Scott Morrison's attacks on ICAC, I think, speak volumes about uh, his willingness to interfere in that process. Uh, parliamentarians should be letting that process run its course. As you said, Gladys Berejiklian has been called as a witness to ICAC and based on that she chose to step down as New South Wales Premier. I think it's interesting that Scott Morrison makes the decision now uh, that somebody who's stepped down before because they're appearing before ICAC as a witness uh, is somebody he's very keen to get as a candidate for uh, running for him in the next election. And there's little doubt in my mind that if Gladys Berejiklian ran for Warringah, she still remains popular enough to win that seat. My concern is if that happened and she ran and she won and then ICAC had an adverse finding against her, she may have to stand down again and that would lead to another costly by-election. It does seem strange, doesn't it, that uh, you've taken the position that you need to stand down from the New South Wales Parliament, but you can stand up for the Federal Parliament. Uh, you would have thought that uh, if Scott Morrison was fair dinkum about an integrity commission, uh, that he might see this as a red line. Uh, there's also the fact of uh, what uh, Gladys Berejiklian would have to say on climate change. Our own government took a 50% tar target by 2030 uh, to the New South Wales people. Uh, if she was a federal candidate, she'd have to be standing up alongside Scott Morrison uh, saying that a Labor's 43% target would be disastrous. Uh, look, I don't know... Um... Also, former Prime Minister, and this is probably unsurprising to your side of politics, but former Prime Minister Scott Morrison is also endorsing Gladys for a run at Warringah, his old seat. It's, it's almost unbelievable. It is, it is. No, it's, uh, oh, you, meant to, you meant to say Tony Abbott there, did you? Yeah, didn't I say Tony? What did I say? You said Scott, you said Scott Morrison. So I, uh, oh, I'm I did, sorry. I did, did feel we're in a uh, an endless loop, which is frankly, Marcus, what Parliament <laughs> has felt like a bit to me lately. Uh, but uh, but yes, no great surprise that Tony Tony Abbott's uh, there, saying, saying the same thing. Yeah, sorry about that. I, I thought I said <laughs> what I said. Former Prime Minister. <laughs> anyway, you're right. I think we all need a break from it all. To be honest, Andrew. It's been a crazy year, Marcus. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that last week of Parliament, which the government lost both its uh, education minister and its health minister. You know, the idea that this government would get better if they were given a, a fourth term by the Australian people, a second decade in office, is just fanciful. You know, they've, uh, they've run out of that sense of energy and ambition that uh, a good government needs. And uh, meanwhile, you've seen Anthony Albanese stepping in to fill the gap. You had him on your program yesterday uh, talking about Labor's very carefully costed climate policy, uh, which isn't just great for the environment, but is, of course, great for jobs and investment at the same time. Uh, we don't have to make a, make a choice between looking after the environment and the economy. Uh, the Reputex modelling says we can clearly do both with uh, uh, billions of dollars of, of investment and tens of thousands of direct jobs, hundreds of thousands of indirect jobs. Mm. Some of the critics are suggesting that uh, this so-called saving 
that um, that the policy that Anthony spoke about over the weekend and yesterday on this program, some people are questioning that modelling that you bring up and they say, oh, well, how can it be so? Uh, we've been promised all of this before by all sides of politics, cheaper power prices. When, you know, when, uh, when our assets in New South Wales in particular were flogged off by governments, that is the selling of the poles and the wires, we were told, well, we get cheaper electricity prices. Last time I checked, I'm paying more. Andrew. Yeah, you look absolutely right to ask, Marcus. You don't just Labor doesn't just have the modelling, but what's the intuitive explanation for it? Uh, and it is that renewables, once installed, uh, are producing electricity at a much lower marginal cost. Uh, so under our modelling, we go to 82% renewables in the grid, uh, and that then drives down power prices. Uh, and when power is cheaper, uh, firms can afford to employ more people. Uh, so we get uh, this virtuous cycle uh, in which Australia is moving towards becoming a clean energy superpower. Households pay $275 less for their power, power bills by 2025, uh, but uh, industry is then able to uh, put on many more people. Uh, that's great for manufacturing, for serv services, for heavy industry. There's a whole range of industries that will do remarkably well out of Labor's policy. All right, well... Uh, Anthony, yourself and others in the opposition will have uh, a few months to sell that. Um, we'll go to a, an early uh, budget. There's no doubt about that, I think, probably in March and then uh, a five or six week campaign into the next federal election. Does look like the uh, Scott Morrison's determined to string this out as long as possible, uh, which is uh, you know a shame for Australia. Uh, Labor is ready to govern. We have clear plans, not just in climate but also in uh, uh, education. We've announced the hundreds of thousands of new TAFE places, tens of thousands of new university places, uh, which are absolutely essential if we're to build back better after the uh, COVID pandemic. All right. uh, Australia's got to learn those learn the lessons of, uh, of of COVID. Make sure we have more secure jobs. Uh, and that we've got a kind of economy which uh, allows people to raise a family and pay a mortgage uh, without the stress that so many people have been feeling these last few years. Next time you're speaking uh, with Albo, can you ask him about uh, the skyrocketing price of canola oil? Because the cost of fish and chips is tipped to rise because the price of a prominent cooking oil used to fry the family favourite has skyrocketed, Andrew. We can't have this in 2022. We can't have an increased cost in fish and chips at the local takeaway. Look, that's one of the big issues. Strong international <laughs> demand for canola oil and tight global production has seen Australian canola prices reach historic highs this season. While our farmers are enjoying the golden opportunity, the food service industry says the rising cost of the key ingredients is making it tough for some fast food outlets to make a profit. So they jack up their prices and I'm paying more for my hot chippies. It's just, it's not good enough. It, it, it's a fascinating example, Mark. It's, a, it's something really interesting that is going on around uh, around the economy right now. You're getting yes. these little bottlenecks for particular things. You've seen it for particular chips that go into cars. Uh, and now we're seeing it for oil that goes into chips. Uh, there's, there's certain uh, products which have just been held up, uh, and that then kicks into the supply chain. So a lot of this inflation you're seeing in America, America's just had this 6% inflation, yeah. number, almost unbelievable. And a lot of that is just in a handful of products where there's, uh, there's bottlenecks, uh, things, things such as uh, airline tickets and cars, uh, which have just, whose prices have gone through the roof. Canola oil is a little example of what's going on Well, it's on up here, 70% in just a few months. Come on. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, it, is, it is remarkable, and you wouldn't oh expect my to, goodness, to, to the see chips. it in most, most circumstances. 
my my reckoning is that the a lot of the inflation we're seeing is going to be transitory. Uh, we're certainly, you know, speaking to the Reserve Bank Governor, he came, came to brief the House Economics Committee. His strong view is that uh, mm. this is going to be transitory. We haven't yet seen the wage pick up. Indeed, real wages are going backwards at the, at the moment. So until we start to see those uh, uh, healthy that healthy wage growth, I think we uh, ought to regard this as being a, a bit of a, a flash in the pan, if you like. Oh, very good. A flash in the frying pan. Okay. Before I let you go, um, Barnaby Joyce, apparently his office is, quote, unquote, unavailable for comments. He's travelling in Britain, is our Deputy Prime Minister. Well, no one at the moment is keeping an eye on George Christensen. He's urged viewers of a far-right American conspiracy theorist's online show to hold rallies outside Australian embassies abroad to protect against coronavirus restrictions. I mean, this bloke is one stroke away from QAnon, isn't he? He certainly seems to be. Once you're playing footsies with uh, Alex Jones, who's one of the great conspiracy <laughs> theorists of the age, you've really got, really got to worry about what George Christensen's doing. And, and Barnaby Joyce still seems to uh, uh, have an inability to really recognise he's the Deputy Prime Minister. Now, he said uh, when uh, after the Glasgow meetings that the Nationals hadn't signed up to net zero by 2050, uh, as though they're, they're not in coalition with the government. Mm-hmm. And now he's off in, in Britain on a, there's some private enterprise. Uh, I think Australians just want him to do his day job, uh, to focus, focus on the, uh, the needs, uh, needs of Australians, the pressures households are facing, uh, and the, the importance of uh, tackling climate change. All right, maybe uh, the Prime Minister today, rather than endorsing a, a former New South Wales Premier under an ICAC cloud. Maybe Scott Morrison might have a crack at George Christian and somebody needs to reel this bloke in. He's a danger. You can be sure if it was somebody on the left of politics, Scott Morrison would be uh, uh, out, there, out there quick as a flash, uh, having a go at them, saying that they'd... Uh, uh, they, they, they ought to be denounced. But when it's George Christensen or uh, where it was Craig Kelly, uh, people like that seem to get a free pass from the Prime, Prime Minister. Right, uh, well. He uh, was misled, misled people on uh, whether Alex Antic was, uh, was uh, vaccinated. Uh, the, uh, the Prime Minister will say anything, do anything right. in order to, uh, to, to get him through the end of the day. Not uh, much he longer. never comes down hard on his own side. Not much longer to put up with this rot. All right, thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much, Marcus. Take care.